What if these things can read our minds? This is a safe sex zone. Simple, beautiful fish. Good night, campers. Turn on, tune in, talk movies. Welcome to the video cult. So the, the first thing that I wrote down in my notes, because I had watched it recently, it's a little jump ahead to the insane amount of movies that I've watched recently. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but I, I watched Independence Day uh, and was like looking up some stuff about it, listening to some podcasts about it, because uh, it was a huge movie for me. I loved it as a kid. There's actually home video footage of me, six years old, describing the trailer to whoever's got the camera because we're I'm going that night with like my cousin and my uncle to go see the movie. And it's basically the way I describe shit now, just a much smaller version of me. <laughs> And yeah. with a ball cap on, but it's like an adult sized Blue Jays ball cap. So it doesn't fit. I haven't grown mm. into the hat yet. Yeah. But uh, something that I learned and should have noticed a long time ago was that Will Smith's character was written as a white man and they ended up casting Will Smith. And uh, Will Smith's friend who dies in battle was written uh, as a stereotypical black man. And this is true. This is what the original screenplay was. And obviously Will Smith came in and sort of put his zhuzh on it because they didn't mm -hmm. change any of the lines. And then they were like, well, fuck it. We can't have him have a black friend. He has to have Harry Connick Jr. as a friend who <laughs> is doing a black scent through the whole thing. It's it's oh, it's like uncomfortable now to watch. I don't know if you've watched it in a while. He does like, a, a, I don't know if it's a Martin Luther King like speech or whatever like oh as God. they're flying out to battle and he's doing the impression and shit but everything he says is like a stereotype a stereotype thing but it's coming out of harry harry connick jr's mouth and <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> oh my God. i don't think i ever realized that and now i want to go back and watch it i actually saw the director's cut a few years ago and that really yeah, opened my eyes because I did used to show that on TV a lot. Yeah, mm. yeah I, I guess I had only ever seen the theatrical version and uh, the, the director's cut does actually have some pretty important exposition that I'm not sure why was, was cut from the, the theatrical one. But I love Independence Day. I think it's an awesome movie. I uh, had oh, no great. idea, though, about the uh, the the swapping there, though. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> But uh, speaking of movies, mm. yeah, the Academy Awards are upon us. Who cares about the Academy Awards? No one. And to prove no. that, we're going to play some Academy Award <laughs> trivia. <laughs> you know, I'm in sort of notion. I want everybody to win. <laughs> Yay. Good Yay. job, everybody. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just an appreciation list. Everyone mm -hmm. gets a chance to go out and perform their song from mm -hmm. their movie and shit. There's some crazy movies that have been nominated just for having a song like Seth MacFarlane has, I think, an Oscar win <laughs> because of a song. Wow. <laughs> was it like with that animated movie where he plays a mouse? No, it was Eddie. Ted. It was an original song for Ted. Really? Yeah. Oh, I think I remember that song. Yeah. OK. That got an Academy Award, huh? Yeah, <laughs> pretty sure. At least nominated. I'm fairly certain it won. In 2012. Yeah. See, I thought, like, because he did that, the internet went crazy because, well, Seth MacFarlane is a crooner. 
like he did a like a cover of my way where he played like a mouse in a i can't remember what the sing, uh, sing yeah and he played a mouse. i've not seen it but i know it <laughs> yeah and he's just like singing his whole heart into um my way by frank sinatra his whole mussy yeah. <laughs> I think he's a mouse in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Oh, well, yeah. we've we've got uh, some trivia and it's uh Gabby versus Josh today because uh, I'm a dummy and I wouldn't know any of these. So, you you two have a, a greater cinematic knowledge and uh so what we're going to do is we're we're starting I'm actually going to jump around a little bit to keep you on your toes here, but we're Okay kind of starting earlier uh from from kind of the 70s onwards Mm -hmm. and i'm going to give you a title uh of a a, uh, the best picture academy award winner for Mm -hmm. a certain year and you're going to tell me what year it was okay all right uh so what we're going to do i'm going to give you each you know what actually I'm just going to change the rules right now because I thought of this. <laughs> Why don't we have... So you're you're each going to alternate going first, but if the first person doesn't get it, uh, get the their question, you can steal it. Okay. So that's, that'll be our... That'll be the, uh, the thing. So as long... Yeah, we've got 70s, 80s, 90s, aughts, teens. So six. Yeah, so that works because it's, it's, uh, it's all even. All right, and I will keep track of the score here. Uh, who would like to go first? Who's brave? Um, <laughs> I'm brave. I'll go first. Okay. All right. So, Josh, your first movie is Gandhi. Oh, uh, shit. 81? Oh, brutally it's, close. It's Really <laughs> I think I know what it is now, so now I almost <laughs> said it out loud, but I, I, um, <laughs> yeah. let's see, 83. Uh, if you guys had split the difference, you'd have gotten it. It's uh, 80, 82. Oh, 82. I, yeah. I was going to say 80 after I said 81, but at least, at least I'm not, it's not like off to terrible enough of a start. I, <laughs> we're <laughs> ballparking it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Gabby, mm-hmm. yours. Okay. In memoriam to our uh, late, great Carl Weathers, mm-hmm. Rocky. Oh. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, 1970. Oh, I'm afraid that is incorrect. Oh. Can you steal it? It's the right decade, but it's the wrong year. Ooh, let me see. It's later in the 70s. Most of the Rocky movies came out in the 80s. 78? Ooh, uh, it was, you're closer to the pin there. 76 for Rocky. Uh, oh, okay. So older than I thought. I guess I should have figured that. I just saw First Blood recently, and I forgot. I thought First Blood was like way earlier in Stallone's career. It came out after Rocky Three, and it's like in the mid 80s. So I should have figured. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Round one is a bit of a disappointment here. We are zero to zero. <laughs> but that's okay this is, yeah. it's proving my point no yeah. one gives a shit about the academy no. Awards. yeah no i would have a negative score at this point it would be wild <laughs> uh all right so that was gabby's question so josh mm-hmm. tell me all about dances with wolves 
Oh, oh. I know this one. Uh, 1990. 1990. Ooh, you are correct. Yes. Good job. All right. I know that one because it because uh, I, I think the highest grossing of that year was Ghost. <laughs> oddly <laughs> enough. <laughs> All right, Gabby. Mm-hmm. Tell me mm-hmm. about. Let me see. You can tell that I I planned this all out beforehand. Oh yeah, it's not <laughs> not not uh, thrown on you, thrust upon yeah. you by me like yeah. two minutes ago. Uh, Gladiator. Oh god. Oh my god. You better get it because I know it. Uh-oh. Oh my god. Uh, Nineteen ninety eight. Oh. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, how close was I? Pretty close. Uh, two thousand. I'm pretty sure. 2000 all right i just know that because i for a long time and still probably say like if you took 2000 to like january 2008 and just deleted it from cinematic history no one would fucking notice (laughs) (laughs) uh so that takes us to round three here and so we're starting again with josh Mm -hmm. uh let's go with the English Patient. Mm. I know yeah. it's in the mid nineties. It's not ninety eight. Oh, ninety seven. Oh, incorrect. Fuck. I'm afraid. <laughs> Gabby, can oh, you no. steal this one? You know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna say ninety eight. It's not. I know it's not. Damn you it! Wanted, you wanted <laughs> I to wanted to steal it. One. Yeah. 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 Nineteen ninety six for the English paper. I, oh. I hovered on ninety six, but all I can remember is that Independence Day was the highest grossing movie of ninety six. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could name the highest grossing movie of every every year in the nineties, and we'll mm. after this we'll see if I can. All right, Gabby, yours right. is No Country for Old Men. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, I, I know a, it. This is a I weird year, too. Uh, they talked about it with, like, uh, fucking Josh Brolin talked about getting ready for the role during Death Proof. And that came out in the early 2000s. 2005? Oh, I'm sorry. Ah! No. I think you are correct. 2007. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Right. I, I, I was either that or 2008. And I was like, I knew it was like, that's why I said, I was like, it's in that weird mid 2000s period of like, when yeah. the fuck did any of this come out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So after three rounds, Josh is up by three. Uh, so starting round, so we could, four it here. could still even out and end in a tiebreaker. <laughs> yes. It, we'll, we'll have a, uh, <laughs> We'll have or a we'll tiebreaker. Have have, we can have a golden needed. snitch question right at the end that makes all the other questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 13 points at the end. All right. Josh, tell me all about Argo. When was Argo best picture? Uh, 2011, I think. All right. That is sadly incorrect. Gabby. Fuck. 2013. You gotta stop we, s- jumping up too many say, years. I think we, I think oh my god! Yeah, twenty twelve. This is, I think, the yeah. second or third time. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! like, oh, let's do two years on top of that. Uh, so, yeah, Gabby, let's find cool. you a good one here. Ooh, here we go. 
This is this is one I absolutely love. The Shape of Water. Oh, oh my god. <sighs> I think I might know this one. Twenty eighteen. It is not twenty eighteen, unfortunately. <laughs> I think it. I think it's the I one think below. It's twenty seventeen. Yeah. It is 2017. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Going into round five, things are bleak here uh, for for Gabby at the oh, moment. Yeah? But I no, we can still make this respectable. All right. <laughs> so let's let's head on back here. I'm going to throw you back in time, uh, Josh. Let's go with Rain Man. Hmm. Oh. 88 just like that just like that that's how it's done kids wow yeah. all right uh, it's more yeah, about knowing 80? what year the movie came out and not that it yeah. won the oscar at all at this point <laughs> yeah all right i was back when tom cruise was still willing to play a petulant asshole and he was so good at it i had never yeah. watched i don't know if you guys ever watched uh jerry Maguire. i had never watched it i have a vhs copy so i threw it on and when he gets fired from his job and and is like packing up his desk and everyone's fucking quiet. And he starts talking where he's like, I know what everyone's thinking that I'm going to flip out. And I was like, <laughs> this is, this is amazing. This is why this guy's yeah. a good actor. And I wish he was yeah. more willing to play like dickheads uh, now. <laughs> yeah. I think like after Tropic Thunder, he's just, you know, no longer wants to play. He's just the hero. He's just the Mission yeah. Impossible hero, which is fine. He does that well too, but it's like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. All right, Gabby. Schindler's List. Oh, my God. I should know that. <laughs> Very I'm not good with movie ears. I'm not good with ears. Um, Schindler's List. God, that'd be awful if I... I don't think it's... I don't think it's early 90s. I think it might be closer... I don't think it's mid nineties. I think it's in the later nineties or earlier two thousands. Oh, God, try not to react is like. <laughs> oh, what's it gonna be? It's probably so like two thousand one. Oh no, I'm afraid. I'm afraid you've thought yourself right out of it. Unfortunately, yeah. that's that's was not even particularly early, close. No, it was early nineties. Uh, Josh, uh, do you have a? It is because he was making it at the same time as Jurassic Park. Oh fuck! But I don't know if they came out the same year or not. Hmm. I don't know. For some reason, I always thought of like Schindler's List to be like a later movie. No, yeah, he he was making it. It's just, I watched an interview recently where he talked about making both of them at the same time. Ninety four. Oh, tantalizing! It's, 90, it's ninety-three, isn't it? Ninety-three. Yeah, so they the the, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't sure if they came out the same year or not, because I knew because yeah. there was such a long lead time on the post-production of Jurassic Park. I thought maybe they were in post-production Jurassic Park that came out a minute when it came out ninety-four. But yeah, all the only reason I this is one that I would absolutely know is because the Schindler's List episode of Seinfeld was in the fourth season uh, and that was in 1993 um 
And uh, that's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I love that right. crazy math that you're able to do for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's like me doing division now, where like long division is like out of my mind. I have to like figure out no. new ways to do to do fractions. <laughs> yeah, no, I there's a reason why like I never chose anything with math. Never took any math courses in university. Look, math is for some people. It's not for everyone. It's no. certainly not for me. No. Uh, all right. So final round, I believe. And uh, Josh, we'll start you off with The King's Speech. Uh, 2011. Oh, very close. Gabby? Fuck. Um, 2010. Hey, there Yay! we go. She's on the board. <laughs> I'm on the board. <laughs> on the board. All right. And Gabby, for your mm-hmm. last question, mm-hmm. let... Oh, you know what? Parasite. Another absolutely fabulous movie which i haven't seen I, yet yeah have you not that's surprising no. i think i that should was, watch it yeah i loved the hell out of it i thought it was incredible i think that one came out in 2018 am i wrong you are wrong fuck josh 2019 2019 yeah oh my god yeah it's I thought really- it was like right after like the the shape of water I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't far after, right? Because Shape no. of Water was 2017, so you you weren't too far off. There was a lot of these questions where you guys were so tantalizingly close. It was just yeah. always <laughs> a year off. Yeah. Um. So the final score is uh, Josh seven, Gabby one, but maybe closer <laughs> than the final score yeah. would would let us. That's why women yeah. can't talk about movies. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad you made the joke and not me. Yeah, I should just go back to the kitchen. (laughs) God. Um, And just uh, so I can stroke my own ego, uh, Nathan, pull up a list of all the highest grossing movies of the 1990s, and I'm pretty sure I can run this whole thing. All right. Let me give me this. Is this like like what you say to like people in the bar? You're like, hey, hey, just get up real close. Do you know I can list off all the gross the highest grossing movies of the 1990s and just can not in- just- not intentionally, but that's definitely part of my tism riz. <laughs> tism riz. Yeah. It's just like, Hey, did you know that? And you just, without them saying like, Oh, okay. You're just like, yep, yeah, go straight into it. All right, Josh, we are ready to go. So we'll, uh, we'll count up from 1990. What do you got? 1990, I think is ghost. I said that already. You are correct. $505 million. 1991 was Terminator 2. You are correct. $519 million. 92 was Aladdin. Correct. $504 million. 93 was Jurassic Park. Absolutely correct. $914 million. See, I always thought uh, Jurassic Park came out in like the 80s. So. (laughs) (laughs) No, I remember uh, it coming out. Uh, and being like four and loving dinosaurs and wanting to see it. My parents had to lie that they were going to see it uh, because I would have been like upset. And I remember my parents, re- my dad renting it as soon as it came out on VHS and it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> uh, but I loved that it did. Yeah. I actually did see it in theaters. My mom took me, uh, which was a choice because I was like six or yeah, I would have been six years old. Oh, and uh, I saw the honestly, second one when I was seven in theaters. Yeah. I was when I when I first heard about Jurassic Park as a child, because like you heard about the movie coming out probably like in 92 or something. I didn't understand that it was a movie. I thought it was an actual park. 
<laughs> and my mom had to break it to me that I I wasn't able to go to Jurassic Park to see see real life dinosaurs. And I from from what she said, I was crushed beyond belief. So. <laughs> yeah, you went and prayed to the magic O to make uh, fucking, did, yeah. <laughs> Jurassic Park real. I oh man, I just all I wanted was to ride a Triceratops into battle as a six year old. I don't know why that should be an impossible dream. Um, all right, so that was 93. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we're on What's 94? Uh, the Lion King. Yeah, $763 million. 95. Right. See, some of these. 95, I think, is Die Hard with a Vengeance. Ooh. Let me see. Sorry, here, I got some. Um, where are you, 1995. This this list is slightly out of order because it's it's the the top grossing like hundred. Uh, let me just double check here. So the highest grossing film of nineteen ninety five. Yeah, yeah. It it is Die Hard with the Vengeance according to Wikipedia. Okay. So that must be it. Must be. Dude, I, am I just not seeing? Yeah, because I'm. Here? Okay. Yeah. Because okay. Yeah, thank you for double checking. Toy yeah. Story was when it when in. Toy Story is just below it. Okay, so I was right. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yes. that's yeah. That, yeah. Three hundred sixty-six. Uh, w- I'm going yeah. by worldwide gross. Some of them, yes. some of them might only list domestic, but yeah, I'm going by worldwide. So yeah. So okay. So I'm still good. You're still good. Uh, so 1996 is Independence Day. I'm pr- yeah. fairly certain. absolutely. Yeah. Eight hundred and seventeen million dollars worldwide. Ninety-seven. I. This is a weird one. It might be. I think it's. The Lost World Jurassic Park. I think it's Jurassic Park 2. Oh, Josh. Oh. oh, Josh. Is it was it the, the Oh, is, it, is it fucking for... Titanic? Yes. God damn it. Yes. Fuck. Yeah. I, I totally forgot that because as soon as I thought of it, I was like, wait, 1998. <laughs> it's not. I know what 98 is. Fuck. Oh, so I, I dropped the ball on Titanic. What a weird one. 98 <laughs> Armageddon and 99 yeah. is Phantom Menace. I'm very certain of those yeah. two. So those there are, we go. Those, so, yeah. so only drop the ball on one. The highest grossing movie almost of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Only $1.8 billion worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. I like Titanic. People shit on Titanic, but I'm a, I'm a Titanic fan. Yeah. I, I saw it kind of in its extended, extended run at like the, the old, I I don't know if you guys ever had these growing up here, but we had like kind of, we called them like Toonie or $2 cinemas. We used to have the the cinemas. The, they used to be famous players here, and they would do mm. like a cheap day, yeah. Where you could see yeah, yeah. So I saw it there probably close to a year after it came out because it ran forever and ever. Mm-hmm. And even mm. as like, I, I don't know how old when I was. I, I was about ten. I was yeah. I was like, wow, this movie kicks ass. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really good, and yeah. I don't you know. I'm, I've it's never been one for basically super long an movies. adventure movie. Like yeah. it's shot by an action director, so it's very much an adventure movie, and yeah. like the music cues and everything, like really like hit you in the spine with the chills. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember, well, I got I, uh, I remember seeing it when it came out on video, and I knew from other kids in my school seeing it that there was boobs in the movie. Yeah, so I. Uh, we watched it at my grandmother's and my grandmother was like a super progressive, like f- OG bra burning feminist. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to sit near my mom. Who's going to cover my eyes when there's boobs. I laid on the floor, like looking up at the TV 
And so when it got to that point, my mom was just like, cover your eyes. And I like already had it laid out. I was just like, mom, (laughs) it's just a body. And of course, my grandmother was just like, he's right, Marie. (laughs) And I'm just like, ah, I get to see boobs. But my my parents, uh, because it was huge, everyone was trying to go see it. When my parents went to go see it, they, you know, there's no assigned seating in this day and age. They got Mm -hmm. tickets and there was two seats left in the theater when they managed to get in and they were not together. And one, someone had spilled an entire drink on. So they just left and came back another day. They were like, nah, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one who got the cover your eyes instruction for uh for nudity when i like when i was a kid that was a that was a pretty common refrain because yeah <laughs> uh, my mom and my stepdad wanted to watch you know movies that adults like and i was always just around so that was just a very common refrain i never had to cover my eyes at gratuitous violence though so that was great no. i don't know that's that's just growing up in the 90s yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know i just uh was super uncomfortable with sometimes when they showed like sex on screen so i was like i'm just gonna fast forward it <laughs> but it was always heterosexual sex so like i don't want to watch it nah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah the future you is sending messages like no yeah. trust me you're just wasting your fucking time yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm just like yeah here here's girl interrupted it's upsetting but you know it's closer to what you want yeah yeah Although there were some times where I was just like, holy shit, when I watched the Bram Stoker Dracula, when I was like, in my tween years, I was like, oh my god, when the Dracula's Brides came on, and... It's a, yeah. it's a good scene, yeah. <laughs> it's a very good scene. <laughs> the one where yeah. they eat a baby? or <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. that one specifically. <laughs> that one specifically. Yeah. Oh shit, I forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, since we're we're pretty much all the way there, shall we uh, talk about television or movies? I guess movies. I, th- yeah, I think should we do movies. TV first. Okay. Movies first. Okay. Right, let's do movies. Let's, let's do it. We're we're such a tightly planned podcast. I know. <laughs> right. Sheesh. Forty thousand channels, and only hundred and fifty of them have anything good on. So, I guess you can. Uh, you guys probably... can. You guys start. I have to turn on my Tubi in order to pull up the insane <laughs> list of movies that I've watched recently. So you guys go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so for, for me, it's, uh, all it's been all about football playoffs mm-hmm. and they're, they're over now, but last night was the Super Bowl, and, uh, it was magnificent and wonderful and took way too long. Uh, it went to overtime though. So that was awesome. The commercials though were top notch this year. Mm-hmm. had a lot of it, it it's it's weird because the football and and a lot of the major sports the the demographics of it are always usually kind of like you know 35 to to i just get up i guess 35 and up uh and it's it's usually like male that kind of thing and i realized at some point i got shoehorned into that demographic just by the the cruel uh twists of time and so now all of the commercials seem to be like, oh, I recognize that person. Oh, this is cool. I remember that show as a kid. And um, so it's nice to be pandered to uh, as a straight white man. That never happens to me. And 
but it was really fun seeing. So there was a lot of great uh, cameos in the commercials. You, uh, Dan Levy was yeah. in probably the best series of them for, I think, some site called homes.com. But it's mm-hmm. it's all about like home information for prospective buyers and stuff. And so he he played a, a eccentric billionaire taking over this company and, and, you know, going way too far to figure out, you know, if schools were good and that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, he was great. Uh, I got to see Laura Dern. I, I will always have a crush on Laura Dern. So anytime I get to see her, fantastic. Nice. And... Uh, we got Mr. T. He's still around. I love that. Yeah, he was there. Um, yeah, it was just a really good commercial, uh, layout this year. Probably my favorite of all time. And, and that was good. The game was great too, but, um, yeah, uh, I missed the, the halftime show, unfortunately, because I had to take my dog out and I had no interest in the halftime show. So it was Usher, right? It was Usher. Yeah. Uh, Usher and Ludacris popped out. I I like Ludacris. I was going to say, I did get to see the very end where, where Ludacris popped out, um, rocking just the coolest fucking fro I've ever seen. (laughs) He, he had it going on. Uh, yeah, I wish it had just been Ludacris. Honestly, I could have, could have lost Usher and, um. So that's yeah, that's that's my big television thing. The, another thing that I've been watching though is, and this isn't—I don't know if this is really TV as much as it is kind of streaming. But um, for for closing in on thirty years, I've, I've been a big fan of the the tabletop game Warhammer, and mm-hmm. uh, the the company that created it has kind of exploded over the years to to now they have their own like plus. They call it Warhammer Plus. And they actually do animated shows that are set in the the worlds. Oh, nice! And uh, I have I'm never going to pay them for it, but I went and found some of the shows, and I started started watching one of them called Hammer and Bolter. That's kind of an anthology of of just different tales from around these these kind of dark, gritty settings. And uh, it was it was pretty good. It was um, more care like. Mm-hmm most of the books um because they, they've been publishing books in this setting for years mm-hmm. and a lot of the books are really just kind of like just mindless action sequences for you know chapters yeah. and chapters and kind of that kind of thing um and these stories have a lot of the this show has a lot of action to it but a lot of mm-hmm. it also is very there's there's actual character development it's, it's more than just kind of juvenile you know power fantasy-esque stuff so i was i was really impressed by that yeah. Um, yeah. Those are those are kind of my t- TV things. Yeah. Um, when you went, mentioned like Warhammer, like I do know that Henry Cavill, which is like uh, also not so secretly a huge mm-hmm. like nerd, <laughs> he's just like apparently he's going to be. Um, I'm also a nerd too. I I've all, I've played uh, Warhammer 40k a bunch of times before, and I played Dungeons and Dragons, so I'm not like. You know. You've got your you got your bona fides, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just not just yeah. Anyways, um, so he is um, supposedly going to make a Warhammer show. He's gonna produce and start it. So. Yeah. Oh my god. So, <laughs> the the Warhammer fans. So there's a subset of them that just yeah. worship Henry Cavill. Oh, yeah. And it's the cringiest shit you will ever see. And, <laughs> and every now and then, like, he's like, he's one of us. Yeah. Oh man, it's just like, look at this big, strong, handsome man who mm. does our hobby. Like, yeah. we're, we're just like him. It's uh, oh my god. 
it, it's the saddest shit when it comes yeah. up on my Facebook. I'm just like, oh no, I can't be associated with you people. I'm sorry. Like I like Henry Cavill. I think he's great, but like it's creepy. Yeah. It gets yeah. it gets too much. Yeah. For myself, I I caught up on True Detective. I'm all caught up. There's one episode left. Um it's good. I've talked about it before. I don't think I'm gonna dive into it again. Um, but I just recently, I binge watched all of the Pacific, no, well, halfway through the Pacific, the HBO miniseries about the Pacific theater. So really do that. It's very, um, not so much compared to like Band of Brothers. It's like very like pro American military. They're just like, yeah, they're fighting the good fight, all that stuff. Like they're getting so but Yeah, it's definitely from their perspective. Yeah. Uh I don't because it's the same people made it relatively. It's another yeah, Steven Spielberg Hanks. production. Yeah, with Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks. Uh... But uh it yeah, I, I from what I can tell, yeah, it does seem more of the rah-rah thing. But that's like kind of their history because they were so yeah. mad that uh, they got drawn into the war when Pearl Harbor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and right now, like I've been having like a bit of like a surge of interest in the Pacific theater. So I've been watching that. I've been listening to um, not really like about the Pacific theater, but also about like the Manhattan project when they also dropped um, the atomic bombs on uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So I've just been like in that sort of headspace lately. Did you ever watch uh, Letters from Iwo Jima? No, no. That's, That's good. Be... I, I, I'm not like a huge fan of, of um, Clint Eastwood, like even his directed stuff. It's like, all right. But I thought that yeah. was like probably his best movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw that in theaters. I thought it was really good just from their point of view like from mm-hmm. the japanese point of view in this like unwinnable battle it was pretty cool it was a good movie yeah yeah i tried uh i was at the library yesterday and i tried finding books about the pacific theater which is a lot harder than i thought they have like so much about the european uh war yeah. like side of the war of like world war ii they have like a bunch of yeah. that and that's very interesting if it's not about tanks there's like old white men that don't want it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> But uh, I've been I've been trying to find some more books on that. Sweet uh, TV for me. So and this is going to be a running theme into movies. I'm trying to look at social media less like I look at TikTok <laughs> enough that it's a second job and uh, I'm trying to do that less. And I'm like, OK, I'm just going to uh, I'm going to jump on Tubi. There's old shit on Tubi. I turned off the previews for it. I'm just like, based on what Tubi's picture and their description is, I'm just going to start watching shit. So I've been doing that. But on the TV side of it, uh, do you guys remember Beyond Belief Factor Fiction? Oh, hell yeah. I think so. It's Jonathan Frakes. It's Jonathan Frakes who played Riker on Star Trek. And so Mm -hmm. he does like a little intro thing. There's memes of him now, like in the set where he sort of introduces like a short, they play a short. And then at the end of the episode, you have to guess whether or not it's, it was real. 
but it's the most unhinged shit because every story is about a ghost or a monster or like, you know, some inexplicable like situation that involves magic. So at the end, it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm, you're just guessing which one they didn't hear before. (laughs) <laughs> like which one didn't come to them as a rumor and they just wrote a sketch for uh so it's it been hilarious i've been falling asleep to the sweet sultry sounds of that and unsolved mysteries oh, I love uh unsolved so I, I started at season one i've been like watching unsolved yeah. mysteries because i'll look up i'll be like oh did they catch this motherfucker <laughs> like oh yeah, they did because of this episode so i've been like doing that uh, the only like scripted show that I've partaken in on here, uh, I should be watching more G.I. Joe. I'm going to the G.I. Yeah. Joe cartoon is hilarious and awesome and everybody should watch it. I think I've said this already uh, on here that it's 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 uh, definitely worth watching and revisiting now, whereas something like He-Man's difficult to go back to. Mm-hmm. But I've been watching another show called The Black Scorpion. And this okay. has a little bit of a connection to the video cult. So uh, Joan Severance, who was our female lead in No Holds Barred, was in two TV movies, The Black Scorpion, where she plays a cop who's also a Batman woman. Oh so God. like a BDSM dressed, like black leather, <laughs> like scantily clad uh has a supercar that's like made by like a black tech genius <laughs> uh, type of movies that were produced by Roger Corman. And then they ended up making a show and she's not in the show, but she did do the initial TV movies. So it is just a very cheesy, like it comes across like a sexually predatory CW, like DC show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But that's been pretty fun. So that's where I've been at with TV. Just dig it up the past. <laughs> Since you you have a a cataloged list of stuff here, Josh, we we'd probably best move into uh, our movies then. Who gives a fuck about movies? So yeah, I've watched a lot. As I said, under this banner of I don't want to look at social media, I'm just gonna lay in bed, throw on shitty movies. I'll try to run through these quickly. First one I watched, Neon City. It's a 1990, early 90s remake, sci-fi remake of, um, oh God, it's a a John Wayne movie, Uh, not Wagon Train, oh my God, something like that. I might have to look it up, but it's, it's called Neon City. Uh, It's a, it's a sci-fi remake of this movie where they're trying to go from like one uh, dystopic like plot of land in America to like the big fancy like where they still have electricity city and get attacked by like Mad Max style like bikers along the way starring Michael Ironside and uh, the woman who played Drusilla on Buffy and Angel uh, which I don't think you guys have watched much of uh, but uh, oh and it had and uh, connection to another podcast has a main character from uh, Baywatch in it uh, oh, yeah. and he directed and he directed it because uh, I watched it with my girlfriend and we were watching it. And it's like he's just playing the same character, but he really excelled in the in the post-apocalyptic wastelands <laughs> and took over. <laughs> uh, so I watched that, uh, watched a, a sweet like another like set in the future uh, cage fighting movie. So uh, what was it called? Uh, Firepower, I'm pretty sure. And it's about two cops 
uh, in L.A. in the far distant future of 2006, where a certain section of L.A. has been like Arkham City off, like all crimes legal there. So there's no crime anywhere else. And they get into a like huge car chase and fight with uh, the wrestler, the ultimate warrior, who is the bad guy, one of the like the the heavy bad guy in this movie. So they go undercover uh, into this like fighting ring in the like lawless part of the city in order to kind of take these guys down. But the crazy thing is there's no laws there. The first time they go, they have their like cop shields on. So no one knows who they are and they just kill people indiscriminately. And I'm like, why didn't you just kill the bad guys then? Cause then they go undercover and the, the main guy is like clearly not as in shape as his, sidekick and the sidekick is like a guy who's in other shitty martial arts movies and is a is like a kind of a b-movie martial arts guy and he's like a dumpy weird looking guy who they like always have like flowy shirts on so you can't tell that he's got like a beer body and he's supposed to be just (laughs) as good of a fighter they go undercover in this fighting ring and it gets his partner killed it gets his wife killed who he's just constantly fighting with. She's like, how about you don't do this? And he's like, but I, I have to do my job. And she's (laughs) like, you don't, you literally don't have to do this. And so they both get killed. And he, the whole time is like trying to sidle up to this chick. Who's like working at the bar where the fights are. And he ends up with her in the end. It was insane. (laughs) Wow. Uh, after that, roll into uh, a Dallas connection. So it's not Andy Sedaris who gave us things like a hard ticket to Hawaii and a bunch of other softcore porn action movies. It's his son's foray into this and it's produced by his parents. Oh, <laughs> so Andy Sedaris and his wife would produce these like softcore porn action movies for cable like back in the day. And then this is like a mid 90s one that his son did. So it's a softcore porn produced by his parents <laughs> called The Dallas Connection that is uh, about scientists that have some sort of satellite that can do whatever. It's not fully it, it's it's a it's a MacGuffin satellite that can, you know, change the the course of war. Uh, and of course there are scantily clad assassins who are going after the people who have control over the satellite and a scantily clad agent. It's always just the agency. They never specify which one, (laughs) uh, who has to go and save the day that just has weird porny shit inserted into it. Like there's a scene where the agent is looking after the last scientist that they need to protect. And then it shows us his fantasy of her while they're at a dinner table, like at a restaurant. And she's in all of a sudden in lingerie and like doing this one. And shit. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> so it's it, it the whole it was almost a waste of time to watch because there was about 15 minutes of actual movie. <laughs> but it was insane. So it, it, um, in- in the fantasy, sorry, I, just, I have to picture this better. Does it, is, is it just like she has morphed into like her, but in lingerie, but the rest of the scene is unchanged? Like there's people no. like still eating and stuff around? Oh, okay. oh yeah. That's what that, I, I, yes. Every, everyone else is still acting normal, but she right. is doing like, she's like, oh, look at, look at my badge and stuff. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's insane. Like completely <laughs> unnecessary, ridiculous shit. Uh, lots of car explosions, things like that. Uh, I'll send you guys a picture of the cover because the cover is <laughs> insane. <laughs> um, I watched a couple horror movies. Uh, one was Witchboard, 
uh, which I hadn't seen. But the director, oh, I forget now, he, he's directed a few things, probably some stuff that we'll touch base on. But it was just a we- an evil Ouija board movie, which is so funny because they're just like talking about like the magic and the mis- the mystery of the Ouija board. And I'm like, you the, you know, that's like maybe at the time owned by Parker Brothers, maybe Hasbro's taken on the license at this time. <laughs> so trying to make it scary was really dumb. Uh, also watched another one about a guy who like stops a girl from getting beaten up by her boyfriend, but then she turns out to be a witch who's in a cult and they're just luring him in to be a sacrifice. Uh, yeah. that one was pretty fun. It's called Spellbinder. Uh, oh, uh, what was the one that I watched? It has like everybody's relative in it and no actual stars, <laughs> uh, death ring. So it's kind yeah. of like, um, uh, 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 most dangerous game. But it stars Chuck Norris's son, Steve McQueen's son. Actually, I should ref- say that Steve McQueen's son was the dumpy one from Firepower. <laughs> he was the oh lead in God. that. So two movies with this guy that I've, I've managed to clock in. And Patrick Swayze's brother. <laughs> These are our three leads. <laughs> Shitty action movie. And you can tell wow. it, was made, it was like made only to sell to cable because it's in four by three. So. <laughs> Uh, but I think I think that's all of them. If there's any that got forgotten in this run, then it probably is for the best. No, we'll we'll put out an emergency cult mm. meeting episode later. Just, yeah. that it's just like Josh. Oh, I, there, there was there is one more. OK, <laughs> but I don't know if I want to talk about it because I think it should be an episode. Oh, it's got okay. some potential. That's why I wasn't sorry. It's got some it was the one nice. it was the one that I watched last night. So I'm not going to talk about it now. Okay. There's a good chance it's going to be a soon episode. All right. So I'm done now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I so. don't really have any movies. So Gabby, if you, uh... <laughs> neither football is life. Okay. <laughs> football is life. I've actually, life. I have not watched any movies this past, uh, since the last cult meeting. I've, I've just been watching <laughs> the Pacific or I've, just been on tiktok so all right yeah well luckily we have josh here to just carry us just put us on his back (laughs) and uh and carry us through the show here that was an an incredible amount of the strangest movies josh i I Mm -hmm. very much enjoyed that yeah Um, oh if if i went through the list of all the movies i've saved just to watch (laughs) later on on uh on tv you'd lose your mind (laughs) most people would lose their minds all right Shall we move into our rewind? Yes. I think we're there. This is the part of the rewind where I try to remember what was the last <laughs> episode that came out. Three, yeah. the, three the hard way. Three the hard, three the hard, way. hard way. Yeah. Three the hard way. Yeah. Still a, a great fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, incredible. Uh, yeah. Everyone should watch it. It made yeah. me want to watch more black exploitation movies. There's really something about this level of independent movie where you can tell there's a let's make a movie kind of attitude going on. Like there's a lot of big swings. They're trying really hard. Uh, So there's, it's never a letdown. Like Mm -hmm. even in the, the the times where it's like, it it, it does like the kind of low budget filming where Mm -hmm. maybe they were TV film shooters. Like they don't get, close enough sometimes there's wide shots that don't need to be wide shots and and weird stuff but uh, there's lots of interesting things going on and it fucking kicks ass like it's yeah. <laughs> it's incredible yeah there's there's an effortless cool to it that is not 
common i think in in movies that i've seen right it's it's the the three lead characters uh are just needlessly cool that you're just like they're 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 very comfortable in their own skin Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they they, you can tell they have a lot of choice and and uh power over how they portray themselves in in this movie and i i don't remember i edited the episode and i don't remember if i said this or not but <laughs> um uh the the times because we talk about how uh jim kelly's character is frequently like framed like center framed mm-hmm. uh in these like either in these kind of like long shots or or hero shots and uh, and and they're really incredible and good because it just is such a here I am. This is it. Like, fuck you like, <laughs> kind of thing to do. And they're all awesome. Like when he finishes beating up the cops and it's just like him in the stance. Oh, and there's yeah. Beat up, there's dirty cops strewn about. And it's yeah. just him there, like all acting cool. It's great. And then him like going through the, the train station or whatever, like the mm-hmm. long shot from, from behind. And it's all of his sweet leather. Yeah, there's some yeah. great stuff there. I remember when Black Panther came out uh, not too long ago. I don't know what that was, 2016, 2017. Uh, no, maybe later than that. Anyway. Um, it's 2018. 2018. There we go. <laughs> See, this is, this is why I didn't play the game. So, But I, I remember there was a lot made on the news about how much, like how much it meant uh, to to black people to to have this movie that was like almost entirely black cast this this incredible black hero that you know and and get the full high budget treatment and just thinking back to the like this this era of black exploitation which is not something that i i I knew of but i haven't really watched the films Mm -hmm. how incredible would it have been for a kid that like was born in the 60s or the 50s right and so closely um removed from the civil rights movement to see something like that like mr keys just kicking the shit out of like nine police officers right yeah yeah yeah. like that that kind of power fantasy is almost alien because it's so different than than your kind of traditional white power fantasy uh, that, I could have phrased that better, uh, but <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It's not far off because yeah. the yeah. the power fantasy from like you know uh, like white movies or like at least with a white lead, you get things like um, oh uh, the like, like uh, Charles Bronson movies. Yeah. So he did mm-hmm. the death like the Death Wish movies, which are it's a white person going outside of the. Uh, um, uh, realm of the law and taking the law into their own hands and being a vigilante, but it it's portrayed in uh, it's weirder. It's a weirder way that it's portrayed. I guess it doesn't help that the book Death Wish is based on was like vigilanteism is bad, and the movie was like no, it fucking kicks ass. <laughs> yeah. So it, yeah. there's like yeah. a weird disconnect of uh, kind of both fighting the system but supporting it mm-hmm. by being like like too violent uh yeah. so there's a there like you said that it's it's alien because it's you know able to it's able to put them up as heroes acting outside the law but you don't feel unsafe with them yeah yeah <laughs> you know you feel that they are right and just yeah and so many of the power fantasies of i, I want to call it my era but the the stuff i grew up watching so die hard lethal weapon and stuff this is establishment power fantasies right this is this is 
you know, good cops breaking the rules to to get the bad guys. D- Dirty Harry, even from from like the seventies and eighties as well. Yeah, uh, and that's what I grew up with. So to see it kind of. I don't want to say reversed or the other side of the coin, but just to see it from an entirely different perspective was very, very cool. Um, and, and just kind of worth, it was worth the price of admission just on its own for that. I thought. Yeah. All right. Is it, is it that time? Is it time? (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. It's about to get weird. Don't even touch fan fiction. We're so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think they should. Gabby's fabulous fan fiction. No, God, please, no, no. Okay, so I'm going to be the one that's reading it this week. Um, it's been, sometimes with the movies that we cover, it's either going to be super easy to find fan fiction. Like with Lair of the White Worm, there was a good couple you know, fan fiction. And sometimes I'm going to have a harder time finding fan fiction, like with things. Like I just, I had to, I was really grasping at straws. And sometimes I think. But the thing, the things fan fiction at least washed the taste of things out of our mouth and filled it with spider boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Filled it with like a nice, nice makeout from your spider boyfriend. So. Um, this week, I couldn't find anything on um, Three the Hard Way or even any other sort of black exploitation film. So I decided to go further back in our catalog of movies. So what I have is a couple of Sleepaway Camp fan fictions. Uh, Sleepaway Camp 2 fan fictions with um, Angela Baker, our lovely lovely Pamela Springsteen and she is uh, paired up with Baby Firefly from uh, um, House of a Thousand Corpses or oh or um, Sherry Moon Zombie Sherry Moon Zombie (laughs) do you like to get fucked up and do fucked up shit (laughs) (laughs) yes I do Sherry So I found a couple little ones. Um, I'm just going to read a couple. So here's one. It says, a band playing on the radio. And the summary is, Angela loves babies radio. And this is by the multitudes of me. So it's very short. I think only 100, 113 words, but here you go. Angela still remembers. Very crisp. <laughs> Angela still remembers when baby first found her, hiding in the woods, having fled yet another crime scene. She had heard the band playing on the radio of baby's car, slipping closer and still still startling when baby held out her hand to her. Still, she had taken a chance, accepting her hand. Now, the two lay curled in bed, baby's body curling around her and her eyes closed. The same band playing on the radio, a promise of gentle protection. She wasn't afraid anymore, not with Baby by her side. She always had been afraid before, but now she was safe, even if she didn't know why Baby was so kind. That's so cute. I like it. That is surprisingly wholesome, considering both of these characters, I believe, are serial killers. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> to the yeah. nth degree, whatever that means, <laughs> yeah. I think it's right. I think it's appropriate. Yeah. But yeah. That, was, that was just a nice little wholesome thing. Make yeah. it feel good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I have another little wholesome one. Okay. So marshmallows and campfires. Again, again, done by multitudes of me. A lot of these stories are done by multitudes of me. So. Is that um, your burn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you found me. <laughs> um, Angela refuses campfires at first. Her dark and sad. Her eyes dark and sad, but more but the more baby lights them sitting and making s'mores, melting marshmallows and offering them to Angela through the flap of the tent, the more Angela considers it. She settles by baby's side in the end, propping up a third stick with a marshmallow, even as she makes a s'more giggling slightly when baby's marshmallow drops in the fire, offering her the s'more and making a second with the third marshmallow. She's shy, nervous, but baby seems not to mind patient enough to let Angela come to her when she's ready. Angela likes that. Aww. It's so pure. <laughs> it is. It is. I feel like I feel like we're letting the fan fiction down this week. I know. Like on our show. Right? I know. Like, yeah. Wow. So those... I, I, I have another one. Oh, okay. <laughs> this, this one, I was saying the bronchiest ask one it's still done by multitudes of me but it's called blood and guts and gore (laughs) summary is angela and baby love a little gore angela sniffs her when she comes home baby is covered in blood and guts and gore the kill is fresh enough for angela to almost taste the freshness in the air she's aware even as she looks the gore from her lover's cheek that should not be how she finds pleasure. All the same, she has and she always wills. It's this that makes her the happiest. You smell good enough to eat. The words are murmured, Angela's teeth closing at baby's ear, pulling it just a little. It's perverse, but it's their way of loving. It's always been there, been and always will be. Okay. All right. I think... I think what these fan fictions have given us is a discussion about the insight into this person who wrote them. (laughs) 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 Because they are clear, like, it's hard to say how they feel about the gore. It's almost like they want these two characters to not be gore hounds. Yeah. And are like, they tried with a couple to do them cuddling, but then in their head movies, they weren't doing the things they wanted them to do. And they were like, okay, I'll, I'll write this one to give them a little bit of what they want. And maybe it'll go back to what I want. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a deep seated something going on with the person maybe it's like maybe it's like a comfort sort of deal like maybe they they these are like their comfort characters and they want to put like they want them to have comfort because in like even though baby fireflies an awful person as we see like house of a thousand corpses and the devil's rejects like she's a murderer and same thing with Angela like Angela is a bit more sympathetic because you know she's she's had this trauma and she's been you know all this stuff but she's still a murderer (laughs) so you're just like 
yeah, I get, I get it, but you know, she's also funnier. As the other yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I mean, it's, I think it's something like sometimes you're just like, oh, I want them to be safe and I want them to love and I want them to do all this. And it's, it's, it's great. You know, sometimes like people who want comfort, put that onto characters and make them feel comfort. So they all feel comfort. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, I like this psychoanalyzation of the fan fiction writers. I think yeah. <laughs> this is probably a direction that leads us to madness, but it's, it's yeah. interesting at yeah. the very least. Yeah. I mean, for the past, like the last two ones, like with like, they were very sexual mm-hmm. and shit like that. Like, I find like sometimes like with women's fan fiction, like when it comes to two like two femme presenting like characters, you're just like you get more comfort than actual gratuitous sex. Well, with men, you get like sometimes you get slap, 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 (laughs) slap, slap, slap. slap, You know, it's just the the only counterpoint I will say is that I'm fairly certain the last two that me and Nathan had to read were written by a woman. <laughs> oh, of course they are written by women. But like I think it's different from like it's still being written by a woman, but like the views of like met like homosexual relationships versus that of like lesbian relationships is like completely different. So well, it's sort of the difference between if a if a if a man writing a lesbian sex scene versus a woman writing a lesbian sex scene is yeah. akin to a woman writing a gay male sex scene yeah. <laughs> versus gay men because gay yeah. men writing fiction is crazy. Uh, <laughs> I, I've I've dabbled into a little bit of it. Like you go to like a bookstore, like a yeah. like a, a we have a a store here in our city called Venus Envy. And, Sponsor uh, us. Going, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> going through some of their stuff where it's like, this is basically just a hard boiled detective novel. It's set in LA. It's in the yeah, 50s. Yeah. But there's going to be some gay shit going on. You know, you know I but would there's, read that uh, shit. I would read that. Yeah. <laughs> but it is um, funny just seeing the different perspectives and how that all plays out. And you also have like Chuck Tingle, too. Like with his. Chuck great- Tingle. <laughs> this great book pounded in the butt by the library card who seems otherworldly but in reality is just a natural part of the priceless resources our library system provides <laughs> yeah do you, uh nathan do you know who chuck tingle is i do actually uh mostly okay, through yeah. <laughs> listening to the uh welcome to night vale podcast because oh they did mm-hmm. uh like the i guess the the greater like production company mm-hmm. that does night vale did I don't know. They may still do it. A a Chuck Tingle yeah. um, podcast that is kind of like reading some of his short mm-hmm. stories. And uh, man, I, I just because I, I usually give their stuff a shot, especially if it's narrative. I was just like, oh, like, what is this? Because I think it was just called Pounded in the Butt by my own podcast. So I've actually listened to a couple of them. They're absolutely hilarious. Um, yeah. I don't you know about have... finding them like maybe yeah. some people find them erotic, but. I just, I think as comedy, they're pretty good. Yeah, because we also have Harriet Porver, which is, um, and the bad, trans wizard Harriet Porver, and the bad boy Parasorphalus, an adult romance novel, which I think is just like a fuck you to 
J.R.R. Tolkien. Not Tolkien, fuck. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, the wrong... The wrong J.K. Rowling. Like, there we go. The one, yeah. <laughs> Poor J.R.R. Tolkien, he didn't ask for this. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> there was a thing uh, recently, I was trying to look it up there, but Chuck Tingle was invited to speak at some at something recently some writers thing Mm -hmm. and they weren't going to allow him to show up with he puts a bag on his head uh, in public and they weren't gonna let him and uh some big right i think neil gaiman backed him up or something they were like i'm not gonna show up if you don't let chuck tingle show up and talk with his bag on his head or something (laughs) don't quote me on that i was trying to find it i know Someone, if it's not Neil Gaiman, it's someone adjacent to that. It was some other writer, like the people would know, that kind of was like, nah, fuck that. He can come with a bag on his head. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about pounded in the butt by my own butt. <laughs> there's, there's one that says, conservative pounded by the realization that the protest music he grew up on does not actually support his current hateful ideology. <laughs> not pounded remember- by the conspiracy theory that I started online just because it's not real. <laughs> I remember going through some of just the stuff that people will put up that's like, you know, mm. 5,000 words, 2,500 words on Kobo and stuff. And it's like taken by the billionaire, taken by two billionaires, taken by five oil sheiks. Like, and, and I'm not kidding. Yeah. I'm not making no, these names yeah, up. These are literally there. as I went through. But I went on like a huge deep dive one night of just finding different and i think i probably already talked about this so i won't get into it too much but just finding weird like oh this is a this is there's a series about um guys they aren't werewolves they're were bears and they're lumberjacks and they're a gang so it's like a small town gang of lumberjack were bears that you know one of them has like a romantic interest and then they're in a gang war with you know werewolves or where whatever like people that transform into different animals because i think i did mention that i found one that's kind of encompassed into a similar into the series or adjacent to where it's uh the one person who turns into a wolf guy turns into a wolf uh falls in love with woman who turns into a crow and it was like describing it as the ultimate enemies of each other. Like the crow is the ultimate enemy of the wolf. (laughs) (laughs) Just trying desperately to set up this Romeo and Juliet that they want to have happen. Oh my God. Oh, also there's all the dinosaur porn, like taken by the pterodactyl. (laughs) Like that's a classic one. Uh, What's that? uh, Do you guys remember that Canadian one where the woman has sex with a bear? That one's from like the eighties. Oh my God. I'm going to try and look it up. Fill time for me here. Uh, So, because we're talking about these crazy uh, books, like romance Mm. books. I I got Audible for like, because we were stuck in a pandemic and I couldn't really go anywhere. (laughs) So I got, where is it here? Go ahead. I did find the book I was looking for. I'll let you finish, but I've got a bunch to say about this. Yeah, it's. I think it's called like Falling for the Omega. One second. The Omega. Oh I no! Know. I Wait, know. isn't that isn't that like the worst wolf? Because yeah. like the Alpha is like the the big one, and then isn't the yeah, Ome- well, uh, uh, Omega like the opposite of Alpha? The, uh, uh, the that is uh, based on a book that a guy wrote that he lied, 
So there is no alpha and a wolf. I pack. have that's heard all based that. On yeah. a, that's all based on a, on non-science. Yeah. yeah. So this <laughs> it's is an older book from the 60s or 70s. Yeah. So this is like because I I got into like YouTube essays and this guy was like talking about he was like this literary, I guess, essayist on YouTube. But he was talking about like um, where this sort of subgenre of queer romance novels called like alpha and omega um like romances like it's similar to like i guess it's like a weird like hierarchy like so as you see i guess in nature but it's like the alphas are like top tier they're stronger or whatever and the omegas are like smaller and all that <laughs> stuff and they <laughs> they can get pregnant so oh. <laughs> yeah okay so I was like, it deepened my insanity. <laughs> it was just like a good couple of months into not doing anything. And I was like, fuck it. I'll, I'll download Audible and I'll use my free credit to get this audiobook." And I just sat there <laughs> just <laughs> drinking and listening to this. And it's, it's like a Hallmark movie, but the, like the characters are like, um, are two men instead of like a man and a woman so it's just like uh here's the um lowdown of it uh carter benson is a lowly scarred mess of an alpha honorably discharged from the army after being injured he is left with this very little that really matters all he has is a trust fund he refuses to touch burns on his face and a brand new prosthesis he doesn't have his family he isn't near his friends and his face makes small children cry so he goes to Maine, finds a tiny town, and starts a business as a plumber. Of it course. doesn't help his loneliness, though, until a little girl hunts him down and forces him to be her new best friend. Elijah Wilson has lived in Hobson Hills his whole life. So so what that most people of the town's people think he's a whore because he has a single <laughs> he got pregnant at 18. So he's he was a teen, teen pregnancy. Um, so what if he takes advantage of his grandparents by living on their property? Elijah and his large extended family know better. They know that he hasn't dated anyone since before Olive was born. They know, they know he works hard in the family business and is great with investments. They know the truth, but can it be hard living in a town that doesn't care about the truth? It uh, can also be really lonely until his daughter makes a new best friend. When the two meet, uh, sparks fly, their lives change for the better, but life isn't always easy. Narrow-minded townspeople with greedy parents can cause a lot of trouble, but there's always hope, and there's always love. So, so is <laughs> so there oh, there God. is there is women in this world too. Yes, but, but men can still get but like. Men- Okay. So, like, not like we're not talking about like trans men who could still. No, no, get I, but I mean, we're like, actual, about, like, straight yeah, up like, mpreg. Yeah. It's straight up male pregnancy. So, it's. No, Siri. <laughs> What's Siri? No, Siri. I don't want you to look up male pregnancy. Siri is just like, I also have a lot to say on male pregnancy. <laughs> so. Wow, this world. This is, it's, this is crazy. It's crazy. Right. Yeah, it, that was like... So every time I would got up on Audible for like the, the for a long period of time, it would always suggest me those sort of books. 
I'm like, I don't want to read any of these. Yeah. It's like watching one like reaction to a Ben Shapiro video and then you start getting real Ben Shapiro videos recommended. It just doesn't stop. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, So I found the book almost immediately that I was looking for. It's just called Bear. It's a 1976 Canadian novel by Marion Engel, Mm -hmm. and it won the Governor General's Literary Award. And it is just about a woman who goes into the woods and starts a sexual relationship with a bear. That's how it describes itself. Here's the cover. Oh, oh. Oh. (laughs) No. Wow. Is it like the first chapter opens up? She's like, oh, I love you, bear. The bear just like mauls her face off. (laughs) The shocking erotic novel of a woman in love, a startlingly alive narrative of the forbidden and the forbidden, the unthinkable, the hardly imaginable. And that's on the cover. And that's what the Washington Post said about it. Uh, But yeah, (laughs) I have read excerpts from it where like she first has sex with the bear. It's (laughs) wild. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. How much research do you think you have to do to write a convincing bear human sex scene? Like, um, well, from the sounds of that, what, where she she just seems every time she's OK, <laughs> <laughs> reading, reading from that, where there's quotes from her, where people are asking her what was going on. All of it seems to just be her going, I was in a weird time in my life. Like, it just seems like she was like really depressed and fucked up Aww. and was like, I'm going to write this fucking crazy book. And then it like takes off for some yeah. reason. Damn, the stuff you create when you're, or stuff that you consume when you're, like, fucked in the head. (laughs) Yeah. Well, just what you were saying, like, if COVID proved anything to most of us, it's that if we had all the time in the world, we're still going to waste it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I checked the other day, I have almost 700 hours on Battlefront 2, and I know most of that is from COVID. This is a game that came out in 2017. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Mm. All right. I think we did it again. I think we did a good cult meeting. Get ready. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what, I, oh. I have a gross fact. All right. Uh, apparently, oh, before the gross fact, the mm-hmm. next week's movie is Dune. Uh, everyone should already know that. Oh, yes. Dune. Uh, so Dune is available on Prime and probably some other stuff. Or you own it. Because yeah. you're one of the eight freaks who listens to this. So. Yeah. Um, also, I, I have some homework before the next that episode. Uh, I highly suggest people um, somehow get their hands on the Dune popcorn bucket. And they the all Dune-ussy. Have, the Dune Nussy. The Dune And they all have to tell us how it is. All right. Yeah. Um, so here you go. Apparently, you can literally swim in your own spit. In your life, you will make enough saliva to fill two entire swimming pools. But to put into perspective, that's between two and four pints of spit you're making per day. So, Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's a lot. So these are like Olympic swimming pools then, huh? I think so. Yeah. Wow. Is it Olympic or is it like backyard, like above ground? Yeah, I, that's that's what I want to know. I, I feel like if you're making two to four p- pints per day... It's got to be mm. an Olympic swimming pool. Because that would fill. You'd fill also, up a little pool. Mm. 
Yeah. It sounds like th- this fact was written by an American and they only measure things in football fields and Olympic sized swimming pools. Yeah. <laughs> so it's gotta be bad. You're right. It, it would it's, also, it's, uh, it's done by uh, MTV. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Olympic sized swimming pool for sure. Uh, also it would be so viscous. It would be like the most upsetting version of the dead sea. Like you could mm. just like lay on top of it. Like so it gross. sinks so slowly. <laughs> like Ugh. imagine a belly flop on that. Like there'd no, be like some like Ugh. post slaps like of it. Like sp- the splashings would make slaps themselves. Yeah. Not a fan of that. I don't no. love it. <laughs> no. Don't. Nope. Well, you're welcome for that cultists mm-hmm. as always. Uh, thanks so much for listening. And uh, until next time, have a great week. We'll see you for Dune. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, join the cult today by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Help us grow the cult by sharing it with your friends, family, and that chained-up man you keep in your basement. Finally, you can connect with us on Facebook at The Video Cult, or on Instagram and TikTok at video underscore cult 666.